And welcome back to Man, What a Week. I'm Tyler Gibson, and this is Ryan Mangum. Hello. Uh, so, uh, to give the general gist of what this is going to be, uh, this is going to be kind of a two friends talking about what they've experienced throughout the week kind of uh, podcast. Uh, I don't know what we would really call this. Uh, variety podcast, maybe? Variety podcast? I, I, I can deal with variety. I don't think it's... I mean, yes, it is variety. We'll talk about literally whatever we want to talk about. Very minimal edits, because neither of us have time for that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it might go from politics to music to Dungeons and Dragons to Magic the Gathering to video uh, games, movies, anime. I mean, dude, yeah. if we get on a Naruto <laughs> tangent, oh gosh. Oh yeah, yeah, we can definitely talk about Naruto. Um, um uh, I think we should uh, introduce ourselves a little bit to give yeah. a little description. Yeah, you can. If you want to take it away. Uh, sure. Uh, so my name is uh, my name is Ryan Mangum. Uh, I am. Uh, I don't know what. What do we want to talk about? What, what do we want to describe? What do you think? I don't know. What are you? Uh, well, uh, a, a teacher by trade, uh, and uh, growing up playing a lot of games. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I I teach sixth grade math and science, and I just tend to venture out into new things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I don't know. I'm not that it's very that, interesting. It's that first child syndrome, desire to please. Oh, I know. Gosh, I do have two younger brothers, and uh, they are uh, something to behold. Or well, aren't they always? <laughs> uh, so you go ahead. You yeah, describe so yourself. Maybe I I'll figure out something on my yeah, own. That's fine. So I am Tyler Gibson. Uh, I met this dude at, at college. We somehow hit it off. We'll get into that story later. Oh, that is a great story. But um, but yeah, I was a political science major in college. Uh, hoping to get my doctorate here before too long. Um, but yeah, right now I work as an after-school teacher because it's fun, and I don't have to wake up at 5.30 in the morning to go teach. Yeah, you lucky dog. <laughs> it is great. Um, yeah, I, I wish I didn't have to wake up at 5.30 every morning to go, to go teach. So yeah, some, uh, some interesting, so I'm an only child, so I'm kind of varied. Uh, but I do anything from music to games to... Really, whatever I can get my hands on. Yeah, and um, I think I think that kind of fits with the podcast because we we've all really we kind of got our fingers in everything. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can just talk about uh, me with D and D, right? So we've been playing Five E for about what four years now. Yeah, something like four that. Four years, five years now, and I'm like, you know what? There's so many other systems that I want to try, but no one else will try them with me. So I just read source books from all these other systems. So <laughs> I'm I'm ready to go at any moment. But uh, everyone seems pretty stuck in the ways of five. You're just, you're just, you got that car thrown in drive, and you're just waiting for someone to hop in. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, but yeah, so this is going to be like a, um, I guess, eventually kind of an ecosystem of podcasts. Uh, starts out with man, what a week, talking about what we, um, what we experienced that week. What yeah, we what we find interesting. Uh, yeah, mostly. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then who knows? Maybe it goes on to like man, what a debate, or man, what a game, or who knows. Uh, yeah, it's the the world is our oyster, and I actually don't like oysters. <laughs> oysters are okay. Depends on how they're cooked. They could be a little slimy, but I don't think yeah, that's a sign of a good like oyster. Slimy, slimy, is weird. But you like mushrooms, right? The mushrooms aren't necessarily slimy when they're cooked right. That's true. I think it's the same way with oysters. I don't know. I've never tried to cook oysters. 
I've had I've had a couple oysters with them. Mm. I mean, I've had them. I've just never tried to cook them. Oh, I haven't tried to cook them myself. Absolutely not. I don't want to get myself food poisoning. Yeah, that's fair. But if any, but then at least you know it did it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I figured something out. Adding on to it, I cooked in a restaurant for six years. That is true. Yeah. And by cooked, he means he made burgers. I made burgers, chicken steak, uh, fries, a lot of casseroles. Mm-hmm. Uh, potato, uh, not potato, tomato pie. See, I still don't understand that. I, I honestly, I don't either. But it actually tastes pretty good. Like, like, is it like actual pie crust and everything? Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a pie crust, but the inside is like tomatoes, like salted, peppered, um, mm-hmm. and then on the for the top, you do like a mixture of. Uh, we use like a very light mayonnaise. Mixed in with like a lot of shredded cheese. See, I don't know how tomatoes and cheese would taste. It it, it really isn't that bad. I I think you should at least try it once. I mean, I'm um, gonna try. I love tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I think you should try it once. Um, if you're not a huge fan of mayo, you might be like deterred from it. Yeah, I'm not. Um, but it, it it's really not that bad. That's interesting. Yeah, I'd have to give it a try. Um, but no, on to the uh, the story of how we met. Oh gosh. oh gosh! I keep bumping into the mic. I'm gonna have to get used to that, um, or just get a shock shock mount. I don't know how much that came through, um, but no. Story of how we met. So we met at college. Uh, we were yeah. originally uh, suite mates, so we shared a bathroom. Um, I guess, I guess you kind of met me first because you were there already. Yeah. So I I had just moved in to my dorm. And I was like, I wonder, I want to go see if I could uh, find, I just smacked my mic. Uh, I just want to see if I could find, like, who my suite mates were. Mm-hmm. And I saw I saw a family move into the room next door. And so I walked over and I saw this guy sitting on a bed with his mom, like, putting his clothes up in his closet. No, she was not putting my clothes up. I swear to you, she was hanging them up. She might have. Um, but it's because if she didn't do it, I definitely would not have put my clothes up. You still don't put your clothes up. You don't either. No, but I'm married, so I have someone that actually does it for me. <laughs> I appreciate her so much. <laughs> um, but uh, and I, the first thing I walked through the door, and the, the 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 first thing I thought in my head was, "Oh gosh, this guy's gonna be a jerk." No, 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 hold on, hold up, sorry. My first my first words were, "This guy's gonna be an asshole." Mm, he was not wrong. I wasn't wrong. Um, and so I, and somehow over the course of the next year, um, really came to, uh, to fruition over your roommate raging at games and my yeah, roommate being screaming. addicted to ibuprofen. So we oh just my. kind of hung out more. Yeah. Because our roommates were, they weren't bad people. Like I loved no, our roommates. Great. They're great. But, um, it's just, we, we kind of felt like the normal people in the building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause across the hall, we didn't know who they were. I swear to you, they didn't really exist. No. Um, then it was the RA. And yeah. Then Corman. Corman was the RA. Beside us, or beside me, I guess, was the people that Ryan's roommate was raging at games with. Yes, it was them. Um, and he, he would, like, scream and shout and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Oh, like, no, smacking his desk. Yeah, oh, I would hear gosh. everything. Um, and then your roommate was either out all night trying to get a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, which 
the story of how he held a girl's hand for the first time is a wonderful thing too. It is. Um, um, but yeah, the, he was either he was either out or he was like somewhere else. Yeah, he just he, in another dorm. He just never really was in the dorm room. Yeah, he was never in the dorm. Um, but he had a very bad addiction to ibuprofen. <laughs> we think. Uh, we're pr- we're pretty positive. I mean, I mean if you I get I headaches when you don't do something. Is that an addiction? I think it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, I there's also on one other. There's also one other way to tell. And what is it? It's uh, if you'll um. What is it? If you'll do something in a back alley. Yeah. Yeah. If you'll it? go to if you'll go to any links to get this thing. Yeah. But it, it uh. was. I think it's. I think it was detrimental to his health. Um, I do too. I do too. He is, as far as we know, he has stopped, and he is very successful as a uh, tour photographer for many bands. Yeah. Um, So, uh, and then over the years, we just kind of like, I think the next year we just added the room together, and from there on, it was just madness ensued. Yeah, because the the idea was that my roommate and one of his friends were going to take our room, and then we were going to take your your room at the time yeah um, but then you got the ra position so we had to move yeah and then we moved and we went down to to the next unit yep. and then we moved into the house yep. and it was just it was madness fun all the times. way around fun times especially yeah, working summers yeah and especially working summers which we'll get to those stories later yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh the the entirety of it was just uh well, how do you surmise those those three years of living together? Um, um. I mean, they were they were great. Uh, lots of lots of shenanigans. So many shenanigans. Um, goodness, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, like how do you surmise those three years? Um, I mean, they weren't really crazy. No, they weren't crazy, but. Um, Halfway what you expected? Yeah. I guess so. Like, we expected... I didn't really really have any expectations going into college, though. I didn't really either. Everyone was like, eh, it's going to be hard. And then I went to college and it's like, this is amazing. Yeah, no, I went to college and I'm like, can I just do papers for the rest of my life and never have to take a test again? I mean, I would love to do that. Yeah, because you had a class over how to write a sticky note. Don't, don't remind me. I went back to my <laughs> dorm and skipped all the rest of my classes after that. That was hilarious, because that was not like you. That was like me. Like, I would just wake up and be like, you know what? I don't feel like going to any classes today. And so I just went. But, but you know, you, you usually went to all your classes. Yeah. But, yeah, he comes back to the dorm. Well, see, they had another class. He's like, I'm not going. I'm like, what? You look fine. It's like, yeah, I'm not going. Like, what happened? I yeah, spent she 45 minutes learning how to properly use a sticky note. I'm not going to anything. I'm like, oh, I, I fully understand you on that. No, I, I honestly, I remember that class, and I remember that whole lesson. And I was like, okay, she's getting somewhere with this. She's going somewhere with this, right? Is it? She's, she's not going somewhere with this. No, never. It's, 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 oh, gosh. It's it's just how to use mm-hmm. like and I, I want you to I want you to mark down these points, people, okay? The main points were if you're in the middle of a lesson and you find something really cool and you want to write it down, sticky note. But why? Like why not just write it? 
in whatever you're taking notes with. If, if you're you going to forget notes. something later, write a sticky note. It's like, but what if you lose the sticky note? Not even what if you lose the sticky note. Like, you're literally naming the exact reason a sticky note was invented. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like I didn't need I didn't need to pay thirty thousand dollars to hear a lecture. Hey, hey I would note. gladly trade lectures on sticky notes to hearing the same joke twice because you have the same professor and he tells the same jokes in every class and you have them twice in a day. Wait, those what? were awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, one of my political science professors. Um, if you had him for multiple classes in the same day, well, he would tell the same jokes in like every class he taught, which isn't bad if you only have him for one class a day or one class. But if you have him for two classes, then you have to hear the exact same joke told multiple times. And they're not even good jokes. They're like really bad puns um, or just really like off topic, just like not good jokes at all. Um, But yeah, you would have to hear them multiple times. And so a lot of times I would either go to the first class and skip the second one of his or go to the second class would have skipped the first. And some reason, I guess he liked me because I got like good grades in there. Um, but yeah, it was just the same jokes. So I would just tune out because he he just read from a PowerPoint all, all class. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to pay any attention to this because I don't I honestly don't feel like I learned anything in those classes, not because I didn't apply myself, but because I already knew most of the stuff he was talking about or the stuff he had on the PowerPoints was just like common knowledge. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to apply myself because you don't apply yourself to teaching. So sorry. Yeah, fair point. Dude, uh, good. Yeah, no, I uh, uh college was a very interesting experience. I, I, I could almost say that I didn't there was there was maybe like three or four classes out of the four years I was there that I really learned something out of. Yeah. I would say I can't really count it in classes. Uh but I mean there were a few professors that I really learned stuff from. Mm-hmm. Um but those were more like discussion based classes. So you're having to actively participate and those are the classes that you have the papers in and that you you know, you don't have tests. Everything's just in papers. Um, but you, you're expected to know your stuff. And so you have to go in with that mindset that if you don't, if you didn't do the reading or if you're not prepared, that, you know, that will show. But at the same time, if you're ever confused about stuff, they will gladly answer all of your questions because they see that you're putting in effort. And if you're confused about something, that means that you at least attempted to try to do it, to try to learn it. Yeah, I, I think I think it was professors like that, or professors like um, ones where the the exams on certain topics weren't just like circle or fill in or write answers. It was mm-hmm. like he 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 made it to where you had to learn the actual mm-hmm. information, mm-hmm. Um, and the inform and the information he gave you wasn't just from a PowerPoint. Like it was like him answering questions and um, him like actually knowing the content. Mm-hmm. Because exactly. he was so well versed in the content, mm-hmm. um, that those those are the classes that I really enjoyed, um, mm-hmm. and I really learned a lot from. Yeah, definitely. And then you have you have some professors that are just like forces of personality that you really want to go and be in their class just to see what they're going to do. Like, I mean, we both had them, but there were there were some professors that you you want to be there at the eight a.m. class just to see what they're going to do that day. Yeah. Or you have professors that are well beyond educated in the f- in the school they're at. Yes, 
Yes, definitely. And you're like, why are you here? And that question will never be answered. I will never understand why that man was there. And for those of you wondering, um, the man we're talking about, his name is uh, M. Dijon Johnson. You can look him up on Amazon. You can look him up on uh, Google, on Amazon. He is a well-known writer. Uh, (laughs) One of the the leading scholars in Chinese relations. Like, he is, like... (sighs) To list his accolades is uh, a challenge unto itself. Yeah, it would take too long. But just an absolute like force of a man. Um, if if you can think of it, he's probably done it. Yes. But he he would push you and he would challenge you because he knew that you could do it. Like if you go into your class, and this is a this is a basic level like world history class. But if you go into it and you act like you're like you know everything, because it's usually enough freshman sophomores that take it, but you act like you know everything and you act like you run the world, he'll make you prove it. He will, you know, call you up to the front of the class, make you stand behind the podium, and make you teach if you act like you know it. And if you can do it, you've earned his respect for the rest of for the rest of your time there, as long as you know him. If you can't, then he's not going to let you forget that. But he'll always give you chances to redeem yourself and to to prove him wrong. Yeah, and I think those are the professors that really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's um, the that's the kind of professor I hope to be one day. Yeah, same. I, I want to get my doctorate so I can actually teach in a college class. Mm-hmm. I'd, love to, I'd love to do that. Yeah, same. I mean, that's my, um, that's my goal. My goal is to get a, get a doctor in political theory because why not? There's so much, unan- so many unanswered questions, so many... Uh, so many theories that could be explored. So I think it would yep. be fun to to do that. Um, let's see here. Um, one of the things that I'd say we bonded over was uh, originally it was either Borderlands yes, and then uh, Naruto. Yes. Because, but uh, let, let's clear this up. We are, we are not like straight up weebs. No. No, you would never – really, the only anime I've ever watched is – like, I can count them on one hand. It's Naruto and Fate Stay Night. Yeah, I, I don't fall into that category. <laughs> um, I, I have quite an extensive list of mm-hmm. things I've watched. Um, there's nothing wrong with anime, though. There's nothing wrong with it. It only becomes an issue when you have a full-blown body pillow sleeping beside you. Yeah. Yeah. Even then, and you know, it's maybe still not still not an issue. Yeah, fair. I don't. Yeah. I, uh, it's very hard to define that line. It is. It is. I, I guess it's. It goes back to the addiction thing. It's. It's when it becomes detrimental to other parts of your life, and when you're fair. doing other I th- things, yeah, that's I'd all agree you with can that. think about. I agree with that. But, like our. Trying to think, like the biggest things that we've done, the biggest things we talked about. Um, uh, definitely Borderlands. Like definitely we, Borderlands. I mean, we played through Borderlands two so many times. Yeah, we haven't played through Borderlands one. We have. I don't think we need to. No, I don't really want to go back and play through it. <laughs> like after playing two, the pre sequel and three, I really don't want to go back and play one. No, and we need to play. Uh, this might be something that's done later. Is we need to play through the new expansions on three, which is yes. the uh, Krieg's Fuster Cluck. Yes, and that is going to be part of man. What a game! 
man, what a game. And then with the uh, the Naruto, it was mainly just like debates on who was better, mm-hmm. or like debates on um, like at what point was one character better than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like what was it like a month ago we had a debate that lasted like four hours. Yeah, it was like it was very late at night, and so I I wasn't really tired. Um, but yeah, it was at what point does uh, at what point does Sasuke stomp Naruto? No, no, it's, after it's, it's the, what, no, no. It's at after. At what point does Naruto take over, being stronger than Sasuke? Yeah, it's at what point, and the the debate. Uh, I think the point that you stated was the tuning exams. After tuning exams. After tuning exams. Yeah, I think it's even. See, this is a hard part because even in their first fight, neither of them were going all out. Yeah. And so you know, I think at that point. At their first fight, it's probably a tie. Um, yeah, I, I would say that the first maybe, fight, I would say their first fight together is a tie. Sasuke, like slight. But after that, it's, I mean, it's not really a, a contest. No, I think, yeah, after, after their first fight, Naruto definitely just takes over. And this is by no means saying that Sasuke is weak. It's no. just the story is around Naruto. Like he has to be the strongest character. Yeah, he's got he he's got plot armor. Yeah, he has he has plot armor. It's so much plot armor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then we, I guess we we bonded over over D and D. Met a lot of good friends through oh, that. Oh gosh, D and D. We have bonded over D and D. First um, first D and D experience of mine is uh, you DMing, and well. So I had listened to some D and D podcasts before, and the first playing experience was uh, we DM for the the group of guys that lived with us, um, or you did, and we uh, the first I think we were going through Lost Minds. Yeah, and I had and changed it up a little bit. Yeah, but I was playing a bard, and um, I play bards as kind of the extreme version of me in real life. Um, and, uh, yeah, somehow you let me uh, get this, like, goblin army. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I don't really know how. Okay, so the, the story that goes with this is, in the minds of Fandalin, there is a section where they go into a cave. And the cave isn't actually the minds of Fandalin, but in the story, because it was a short story, I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make this the minds. It's fine. And, um... The, the big bugbear in the cave was the leader of these goblins, and you guys ended up slaying the bugbear. Yeah, but only after we gathered all the goblins around, and, and I challenged the bugbear to a fight. <laughs> and then you convinced them that you were now their chief, Yeah, and, and you rolled like a nat 20 on the uh, persuasion check. Persuasion check, yeah. And they were like, yeah, sure. And so you had control of all of these goblins. Yeah. And I think we were like level three at this time, or level. You were level three. Because somehow I had expertise in it, and so you know, it just it just happened. Um, yep. But yeah, definitely D and D, definitely bonded over that. We we seriously need to do. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, or on my drive down here yesterday. Um, we seriously need to do like. Whether it be like a short story book or just a collection of stories that is the adventures of Agnar and Ander. Yes. Like we need to write that. 
whether yes. whether it happens in game or not. We need to write that. No, so Agnar and Ander uh, were our two characters that are like level what seventeen. Yeah, but um, it's the two that we played the longest. It's the two we played. We played these characters for about two and a half years. And uh, they were the characters that we actually finished. A friend of mine DM'd, and we finished up his whole campaign. Mm-hmm. And these characters ended at level 17. Yes. And Ander uh, so was my character. He was a shadow monk who yes. truly believed that the shadows were living beings. And he was uh, blind, I think. Yeah, he was blind. He was blinded. He was blind, but he had, like, true sight up to, like, a certain point. No, he didn't have true sight. He had, um, well, eventually he did. Because you got like you know you get hacks late game in D anD D, but uh, but no, it was he. Um, we tried to find a thematic way to, even though he was blind, since he since he truly believed that like shadows were living beings, maybe they were, and so we gave him like blind sense out to a certain certainly as long as he was in an area of dim light or darkness. Okay. Um, and then my character was Agnar. Uh, and um, he was a barbarian witcher, so yes. witcher homebrew class uh, with the barbarian. Uh, I was a uh, barbarian totem, right? Yeah, with bear, just so I could get because th- I was the tank of the group. Um, but I also had a specialty; I had advantage on rolling on corn checks uh, <laughs> because I, yes. I I had an affinity with corn later on in the game. But we, uh, at the very end of our campaign, we were like, well, I think our characters would, would stick together and yeah, go Yeah, everyone on else kind adventures. of, like, retired and did whatever. But Agnar, Agnar and Ander, though, they would never retire. No, never. Well, because, you know, late game, monks stop aging. Yeah. And then I, I lived to be pretty old. As a, I was a Goliath Witcher. Yeah. So I, I lived to be pretty old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we could definitely find – we have one wish – yeah, we have one one left. So he could technically make me immortal. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure there's there I mean uh, at 17 plus level like you're doing stuff for gods. I'm pretty sure there's a way we can get a get a boon to make us both immortal. Yeah, I think that would be easily accessible. Yeah. So I th- I Probably I think that's something than we the should wish. Yeah, I don't know what we're going to use that wish for. I feel like Wishes can undo events, right? Yes. I feel like the wish should, even though it's such a meme right now, I feel like the wish should be to undo me releasing Dark Ander. Yeah. Uh, to give background on that, at yeah, one so point... I got, like, these cursed gauntlets, and as soon as I put them on, I heard, like, voices in my head, or a voice in my head. So I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to release it, whatever. And uh, we're going through this dungeon, and I get separated from the party, you know, as a, as monks usually do, because uh, I can move faster than everyone. No, no, no. I was chasing someone that was going to go alert the rest of, like, That's the dungeon. Right. And so I turned this corner into a room where I think they went, and I'm face-to-face with a lich. I'm like, well, I don't think I can take this thing. Because at this point, we're, like, 13th level. Like, I don't think I can take this by myself, and I have no idea where everyone else is. And so I look at my DM, and I'm like, you know what? I give in to whatever darkness, like, curse thing is in these gauntlets. And out popped a thing like Shadowlink or Darklink, like this exact copy of me, just pure darkness. And, um, yeah, he kind of ate the lich. 
opened up a rift in reality and stepped through. And apparently he's just eating multiversal beings and gaining all of their power. So that's probably bad. Yeah. <laughs> probably a little bad. So maybe we use the wish to undo that event. Or I don't I don't know if a wish can undo an event. Maybe seal him somehow? None as maybe you can pull a card. Like have him a wish pull a card a specific card from the deck of many things. See, I don't know. I don't know if Austin would allow that. Austin's our DM, by the way. Yeah, I think I think he would. It would be a, it would be definitely fall under the uh like this this doesn't this is gonna use up the wish and may have a rebound. Mm -hmm. Pull what card like fates? Yeah, you you would pull fates. Does, but does fates have a time limit on it? No, it undoes any specific any any event. I'm pretty sure. Hold on, let me let me yeah, double check on this. Up. Uh. Uh, deck of many things. The fates. Yeah, allowing you to avoid or erase one event as if it never happened. Yeah, so that would be it. Oh, wow. Yeah. You can use the card's magic as soon as you draw the card or at any other time before you die. Mm -hmm. I would have to word it in such a way that, like, the whole campaign, like, still takes place, you know? Well, no, no, no. The, the whole campaign would still take place. You would still, the the change I think would happen is that you would still have the gauntlet. And and, and Dark Andrew would still be in there. Dark Andrew would still, no, he wouldn't exist because you never gave in to it. Well, no, no, he always existed. Whatever energy was in that gauntlet always existed. Well, yeah, that energy that existed in the gauntlet existed, but you never gave in because you passed the check with like a natural 20, I think. No, there was no check. It just, I, because I openly, like, let him loose. Yeah. No, I think there was a check originally, though, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, there was some kind of, like, will save or something. Yeah, and you passed. Yeah, because monks get stupid will saves. Yeah, and so I think, uh, I think you could use the one wish to unravel fate. Yeah, I mean... Well, can yeah. you can you just use the wish for that? Hold on, hold on. What's what's the technical wish D and D? What's the actual like wording of uh, wish? I mean, it's it's used to cast any spell. A okay, hold up, hold up. Um, okay, so you undo a single recent event. Yes, yeah, it's not recent though. Yeah, this one isn't recent. Basic use of the spell is to duplicate any of the spell eighth level or lower. You don't need to meet any requirements. That spell takes effect. You can create one of the following effects of your choice. I do think the safest way, because like I could ask to do to redo that event, but I do think the safest way is to try to um, pull the fake card. Pull the fake card. Okay, uh, so your wish to the DM is precisely as possible. The DM has great latitude in ruling what occurs yeah. in such an instance. The greater the wish, the greater the likelihood that something goes wrong. Yeah, for example, wishing that a villain were dead might propel you forward in time to appear when that villain is no longer alive, effectively removing you from the game. So, like, I could wish that, like, Dark Ander was back in the gauntlets, but maybe that happens, like, millions of years into the future. Yeah, you but can't no, get rid of Dark Ander. You just have to. You would have to say I. You would have to say I wish to. Uh, 
I wish to be able to draw the fate card on my mm -hmm. next pool from the deck of many things. Yeah. Like something on the lines of that. Mm -hmm. That way, when you pull, the next card is the fate card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I think that that would be pretty cool. I, I do think that you... I mean, I'm guessing you would be able to wish to pull a card. I don't see why you couldn't, because uh, the deck of many things... Oh, no, no. The best way... No, the best way to abuse the deck of many things is a simulacrum loop. A simulacrum? Yes. Oh, yeah, you I know you exactly what you're talking about. You make a bunch of simulacrums and have each of them pull a card. Yeah. Because you get to control all of their actions. You can use an altered deck of play to simulate the deck. Any cards drawn in excess of this number have no effect. Draw a card from the deck that magic takes effect. You must draw each card no more than one hour after the previous draw. If you fail to draw, if you found an apostrophe pass, this deck contains a number of cards made of ivory or vellum. Most 75% of these decks have only 13 cards, but the rest have 22. Mm -hmm. uh, once a card is drawn, it fades from existence. Unless the card is a fool or the jester, the card reappears back in the deck, making it possible to draw the same card twice. Yep. That is the only description for the deck. Yep. It is a it's a cool thing. But yeah. So that is that's some D and D stories. Uh, of which we have many. Next podcast we might get into the time when we spent ten hours going through a dungeon just to have us all die in the end. Wait, wait, wait. Oh yes, that one. Yeah, we went through Tomb of Horrors. Um Yeah. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about that one next time. But yeah, this is right. just a, a dry run. Dry run of Man, What a Week. Yep. Starring Ron Mangum and Tyler Gibson. And we're going to stop recording.